Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Let's go through them in chronological order, um, starting with uh, Jake Kelly to Essendon. Not really much to score in the way of this. He he signs as an unrestricted free agent. Adelaide get a third-round compensation uh, at the time uh, with pick 42. That's a really good pick for Adelaide, 42, I think. Um, look, honestly, I didn't have Jake Kelly in Adelaide's best team next year. Uh, I had their defence of Jones, Brody Smith, Murray... Uh, Butts, Dawson, and Doda. Mm. And I'm going, I can't fit him in their defence. So do you think that this is a smart move from Kelly? Read the tea leaves. Him and his manager find a club that had a need. Essendon's identified. Essendon's reciprocal. So this Uh, is smart for the player and the manager. I'm wondering if he knew about Dawson coming in and going, I'm vulnerable and, you know, his manager's got on his bike and found a club. Essendon, their defence looked really settled there, but they... They're really attacking defence, Essendon. So they're probably looking for a real lockdown, and that's what he can do. He can lock down really good. Uh, he brings professionalism. Mm. He brings character. He brings uh, spirit morale to a footy club. I know that. Um, he doesn't bring using the ball running out of defence. So <laughs> he's a good lockdown. He'll, whether he plays every week will be debatable. But uh, I think a good deal for both parties. 42 is a good pick for him. It was an area where they needed a bit bit more depth in. I think they needed a taller, though. They needed someone. We're not banking on Hurley coming back, are we? Uh, it'd be good to get an update oh. on Hurley. I know there was one provided recently, and then the details of which are escaping me at the moment, so, so I won't... Uh, Zach Smith's a skinny kid. He'll play some games, but he's really... Cody Brand's the same. They're, you know, they're a fair way off playing a full season in defence. So they're a bit light on in defence. Laverde did a super job playing on tools. He was one of the most improved players yeah. in the competition. This and James year. Stewart went from full forward to full back to cover. So I thought they probably needed a tall back, like a Talia, to hold up for a year or two while Zach Smith and Cody Brand get up to speed. Zach Reed? Uh, Zach Reed, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the big fella. Yeah, play, plays, like, uh, plays like Harris Andrews, Zach Reed. So that's massive raps. Yeah, he's very similar, long, lean, beautiful kick, uh, good mark. But he's, you know, he, he's a he's a way off getting the body to play on the big fellas in AFL level yet. All right. So the next trade that was done, Marby or Charles signs at uh, the Gold Coast as an unrestricted free agent. Mm. So, yeah, it's it's hard to call a winner or loser in this, although this is one we probably can, given what unfolded for Richmond over the rest of the trade period. Yep. Um, good pick, 38. They got for they that, got as compensation. Great, great pick, and they protected it by getting the Tarrant uh, trade done and instead mm. of losing that pick if Tarrant had to come in as a free agent. Yep. So they did really well, Richmond, but we'll get to them. But uh, Chole really helps take the pressure off Ben King up forward, yep. and he gives good backup ruck. We know he can ruck, and he'll ruck with Wits will be back. Uh, that's an area where they had 
diabolical trouble. They lost their backup ruck and their, their backup, backup ruck. Do you and, love him as a ruckman because he, he's a different type? He's a, he, he adds a different dynamic well, yeah, as a ruck with it, what it, he does. He can ruck. He moves around the ground. He can find the ball. He's got good disposal. And he'll fly for the ball in the air in the forward line. Um, so it takes a – Ben King had to take all the tools, mm. all the best backs this year with no real support because um, – Somehow couldn't get uh, the top ten of yeah, their best Sam couldn't, yeah, which shocked me. <laughs> Sam Day, you know, didn't come in till well after halfway during the year. So, uh, great decision to get Chol and, and cost them nothing. So this was a, a, a this is a, where we can start to maybe appoint a bit of a winner or a loser um, in each trade, or is it a break even? Carlton get George Hewitt as a restricted free agent. Sydney uh, don't match that; they get an end of second round compensation pick. So they uh, so from what we're led to believe, it's around four fifty reportedly mm. a year on a four year deal for George Hewitt, who in twenty nineteen did come second in their best and fairest. Um, he, he did. Yep. Okay. Um, God, I, I think everyone's surprised that he got four years at Carlton, George Hewitt, mm. um, considering uh, basically he's been a tagger for the last two or three years, done a great job doing it. Mm. So Carlton are going to go with the tagger? or We haven't seen him play without tagging for a long, long while. He's a tagger that, that finds it himself, He can though. find it, George. Much in our esteemed he, colleague, the Kane Corn sort yes. of Yes. Well, I'll tell you what he will do. <laughs> He'll give him a hard edge, and they need that. Yep, but we, they we, do. I think we're really surprised about the four years. Um, and the compensation, I think, is reasonable. What pick did you say that pick was? 39. It? Yeah, but he's probably been a better player than 39. It was probably somewhere in the 20s. For, but, the, but the way the system works, it was going to be yeah. after their second round. He was a second round. He's going to be after their second round pick. Because they finished up in the, the top six, It's unfortunately, it's out of 39. So mm. probably a bit of a loser for Swans and, and even a bit of a loser for Carlton in that he's – expensive and long-term for Hewitt. Yeah, and I, and I did a comparison after the Luke Dunstan pickup from Melbourne, which I think, and I'm looking forward to getting your opinion, and we'll come mm. to this. I think it's one of the most astute pieces of business uh, done, mm. uh, one of the most astute pieces of business done, I should say, mm. to speak correctly. I oh, know Gary will probably be on to me about that. Um, one of the more astute pieces of business done through the period because it co- he cost Melbourne nothing. Mm. They don't give up anything for him, and it's a two-year deal, and I can't imagine it's at a heap. No. But I did a little compare the pair on um, on Dunstan and Hewitt. With all due respect to Hewitt, who I've just, as I've just said, was second in the best and fairest in 2019. Dunstan on on paper and the numbers for the season, much better. And well, and except disposal efficiency, which Hewitt is actually elite. He's 79 percent yep. disposal efficiency. Um, Dunstan not so much. He's at 66. Um, but and even when you stack up his numbers this year with Chera, the most sought after signature for the here and now, obviously Chera has a much higher Ooh. ceiling. His his numbers this year stack up quite nicely against Chera's as well. The interesting thing with Hewitt for me mm. is they've got the best free eight, uh, bloke out of contract next year, and that's going to be out of contract. Well, maybe Dugowie more might challenge that uh, in Walsh, mm. and he's going to command close to a million. Mm. you would hope like hell that you can be able to pay. I'm sure they're budgeted to pay upwards of that for Walsh and that Hewitt doesn't bite into that. You'd be They've devastated if you lost him because of that. They've already got a squeeze, and we'll get to Adam Chera too, but we know that uh, six players reportedly took pay cuts to get the Chera deal done. That's what we heard, yeah. Which, we, which yeah, that's been reported, um, which is, is a great sign of a culture change. 
yes. at Carlton with Brian Cook and Michael Voss because they know that's what it's taken for them to have success where they've had success in their life. And we'll, so we'll talk more is about that. A that. Bit of, is that a, too much pressure to put on a 22-year-old knowing that six players have taken cuts to fit you in? I, I think it's the opposite. I, I think he comes with all the warm and fuzzies. Like, mm. look, at this, look at this playing group that have done that for me. Mm. I can't wait to help repay that faith. Yeah. They are so keen to have me that they've shown literally how much it meant to them to have me. Yep. Um, so I, I sort of go the other way. You, you're a better place than I, and, no, it, and no, it would no. depend on the club. Not, no, it's it's just a, it's an opinion which uh, no one can answer. There's no right, there's no wrong. All right. Hey, uh, so we're only a fraction of the way through the deals that have been done. Uh, this is SEN trade deadline. The deadline has passed, but we will keep going. We will talk you through each of the trades that have been done. Matty Rendell will give us uh, his view on who won that one and who lost or whether it was a break-even deal. We're going to go through every club. Matty Rendell's going to give them a grade. Uh, we'll rank them in terms of the needle move. Uh, this is SEN Trade Deadline for Tyre Power, number one on the trade table. Uh, welcome back to SEN Trade Deadline. Sam Hargraves, Matt Rendell with you for Tyre Power, number one. Uh, on the trade table, one three hundred seven three six seven three six to give us your view on uh, everything that's transpired over the last couple of weeks. So uh, zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. You can text us on the temper text at any stage as well. We're walking through each deal in chronological order so far, and we've only just got through the uh, the free agency period uh, when we finally got the first trade, Matty, uh, mm. of this trade period. And this should have been the clue to us that this trade period may not have been <laughs> as dynamic as last. We were spoilt last year, let's be honest, mm. with the big names that were on the move and the deals that were done. But when the first actual trade was Collingwood receives a second-round pick, two third-round picks and a fifth-round pick and a future fourth-round selection, Gold Coast received a future second-round <laughs> selection, a future third-round selection and a future fourth-round selection. Yes, that was to make sure they had enough points for Nick Dacos, but we really should have known then and there that this probably wasn't going to reach the heights. Oh, yeah. So, uh, well, Collingwood were obviously needing points badly. They had 1,700, but if Dacos got nominated second round, they were going to need uh, 2,000, so they're a bit shy. Mm. So they did this deal... And they picked up 22 in the process. So this was a great win for uh, for uh, Collingwood, uh, mainly because they got to pick 22, mm. which has become valuable, and we'll talk about that later. So uh, they got enough points to get Dacos in. They got enough points to get Lipinski and Kruger in, mm-hmm. as well as getting Dacos. Um, so it was, a, it was a big win for so, – so they would have targeted – so Gold Coast Suns got all these picks probably last year in the draft. They're all future picks. But they haven't got enough players, uh, spots on their list to put players in for the picks they had. So they're always going out. It just depends who got in first, whether it was going to be Bulldogs for Darcy or, or Collingwood. And Collingwood got in first. Doesn't surprise me. Derek Hine, bang. So the the uh, coup de gras was the pick 22. They had enough points, so they did something with that. They swapped it for pick 27 for uh, Frio and got their – so they swapped out their first – their sorry, their second and third round future picks and they got back their third round pick by dropping back five spots to 27, which they still have. This was a great win by uh, Collingwood and it wasn't a loss by Gold Coast Suns because they weren't going to use these picks anyway. So you're judging that one a draw? No, no, Collingwood had a great win here. Oh, so you think – Oh, they that- didn't b- – but it was a great – it was a win against the system, Are we, we, we going to go with a win-win? No, well, it's a win-win. It was a win against the system, not against Gold Coast yep. Suns. 
1300 This is some nice feedback for you, Matty. Mm. Hi, Sam. I've been listening to your show tonight. I just wanted to say the guy, Matt, you are talking with is sensational. What a great analytical mind and is really thorough. Kind regards, David, in Narrenburn. Oh, okay. Thanks to my son there for sending me <laughs> David, much appreciated. Uh, thanks very much for that. I've, I normally get, only get bad ones, so that's good to get a positive one. Um, it, it is. I suppose that you, you know that you've reached a certain level of acclaim and fame, Matt Rindell, when you've got a, <laughs> a Twitter parody account. Uh, yeah, supposedly. <laughs> well, look, I, I, I'm not on social media anywhere. So, you know, once a day my boys give me a, the best line or best feedback <laughs> on there. And it's usually around mispronouncing someone's names, and I say to the boys, Mate, I'm trying to remember yep. 800 players' yep. surnames <laughs> and their Christian names. What year names. they were drafted, what pick they were drafted, how and, long left to go on saying, their contract. So I got – so the bloke's contract was two years and not one. I said, come on, you blokes, <laughs> give me a spelling. <laughs> I said, no one's got this. And, uh, and then they said, oh, you mispronounced Zuhar's, Zuhar's name. And I said, well, I'm not Dennis Cometti. I'm not commentating. I'm just talking about <laughs> players. <laughs> so – Oh, we have a bit of fun. They give me a bit of feedback, the boys. Uh, I love it. Um, you were talking about uh, Graham Wright and the, and the shrewd business that he just did uh, yep. with the very first trade of this and draft Derek Hine. period. Don't forget, Derek Hine's big time into this stuff. Uh, absolutely. Uh, and really experienced in this space mm. of both of those men. Uh, Phil in Bayswater, who wanted to speak uh, about exactly that. G'day, Phil. G'day, gents. Uh, Matty, great work, yep. mate. Made Thanks, the uh, trade period bearable, mate. <laughs> um, for Collingwood, I think it's just great to have someone that can that can play the game and is strategic during this time of year because in the past, we just haven't been strategic and stable. And as a Collingwood supporter that bled all of last year, this just gives us a little bit of hope. But it shows forward planning done right and the ability to negotiate both for the now and the present. I think it's a super super job by Wrighty and uh, pretty promising. I might have to go and line up for some granny tickets already. Yeah, look, look, they made some mistakes. There's no doubt about that. And... um... Oh, that uh, that salary cap stuff. I mean, uh, I felt sorry for the Collingwood people. They're bleeding over that. Their, their club, they would have thought their clubs got destroyed in one one year. Um, so they're they're going to climb themselves out of it. They got some great young kids. They went to the draft last year. They had to. They had no choice. They went straight to the draft. They picked up some really good kids. And the reason they got these good kids is because it was sight unseen. They didn't play a game last year. These players. So. Um, they, they took the gamble, and I think, obviously, a Collingwood supporter, you would have seen, you know, your McRae, your, uh, your Henry, Oliver Henry, uh, Poulter and the likes play, and they've still got some who haven't played, Finn McGuinness, uh, Liam McMahon. There's a kid they picked up mid-season draft in Begg. They got, I think it's Aiden Begg, could be a tall forward. So they're, they're, really, they're going to recover really quick, and they're still their senior players are in good nick. So for at least a couple of years. So I can see him climbing into the eight next year. They, they won't know themselves with the new regime there. They'll be so happy. Beautifully done. Thank you so much, Phil. Really appreciate the call. one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number. We're working through every trade in chronological order and uh, the wrap-up from it. Uh, and we'll give you the view from the people involved as well when we come back through. A little later on, um, Maddie will go through each club and give them a grade, and we will see which trade move the needle the most for the club uh, in which that player got to. This is trade deadline on SEN. one three hundred seven three six seven three six for tyre power. Number one on the trade table. 
Sam Hargraves, Matt Rendell with you. Trade period officially over. We're walking through each of the trades in chronological order. Uh, love to get your view on it too as we recap the deals that have been done. Um, we'll go through each club too and find out from Matt Rendell, our list expert, whether uh, teams were able to fill a need, whether they've been uh, left uh, well, left holding the baby mm. or um, whether they're going to need something really special to unfold for them at draft uh, in order to improve on next season. Uh, this show never complete without your view. one three hundred seven three six seven three six or 0433 off the temper text. So we've gone through uh, the deals. Uh, Jake Kelly, the first one to go in free agency, uh, spoke about uh, joining uh, the Essendon Football Club from Adelaide. Was sort of aware that it was going to happen over the last few weeks, so I was preparing for it. But yeah, for it to finally happen and uh, finally put on Essendon Polo's been very special um, and I'm very, very excited. I've been in Adelaide for eight years and obviously um, the pool of Melbourne has been quite strong throughout those eight years. Um, and luckily um, an opportunity came up um, during this year um, with Essendon and I wanted to look into it. Um, I've been very fortunate here in Adelaide. I've had a, had a great, um, great time here. I've met a lot of fantastic people and have really enjoyed the club. Um, and yeah, the time just felt, felt right to, to go back to Melbourne and Essendon um, really appealed to me. The club's in a fantastic position, I feel. Um, everyone who's involved with the club speaks very highly of it, of where it's going, and you can see that um, externally as well. So it was a very easy decision um, in the end. Um, and, yeah, I'm very, very glad it's turned out how it has. Marby or child, the next free agency deal done, heading to the Gold Coast Suns from the Tigers, who got pick 38. He had this to say about his move to the Suns. Um, yeah, obviously my manager, Ralph, has been doing a lot of work behind closed doors and just trying to find a club where I could actually get a, a really good opportunity with my football and take it to the next level. And yeah, I mean, Gold Coast, yeah, Gold Coast was probably, you know, the club that I wanted to go to and my parents also wanted me to go to and to able to actually go there now and to be a Suns player is exciting. And yeah, obviously speaking to Stewie Jew, uh, made it a lot easier too and spoke to big Jarrett Wits as well. So um, with them guys, it's been a lot easier transition. Marbio Chol on his move to the Suns. Uh, George Hewitt, the other free agency deal done before we got into the trade period. And he spoke about why he chose to go to the Blues from the Swans. Um, yeah, it was, uh, um, yeah, I just think the main reason was um, just Carlton's list. I, I know it's um, such a talented list and um, hopefully... Um, they can build on another strong pre-season then um, go out um, start next year and play some real good footy. And, um, yeah, I just think there's a lot of talent there, especially in their spine with um, Harry Mackay, um, Jacob Weedering, and then you've got uh, Cripps and Walshie um, in the middle. So, yeah, I see there's a lot of um, yeah, talent in the team. So that was the main reason. Uh, so, Matt Rendell, we spoke about the first trade that was done was the exchange of picks between the Pies and the Suns, which means they can shore up Nick Dacos if, uh, Dacos if and when a bid comes. Uh, the, the first player trade, it was actually Nathan Kruger who went to the Pies. Uh, they got a third-round pick as well, currently 55. Geelong got a third-round pick, currently uh, pick 41. Only two games at the Cats, uh, Nathan Kruger, who was originally recruited as a forward, um, but then played his two games as a defender and now taken by Collingwood, who believe that uh, that's what they want him to be, a, a key forward prospect. Yeah, look, he's an interesting player. Uh, Nathan, isn't it? Yeah, Nathan yep. Kruger. Um, very athletic, 197 centimetres. Uh, forward back, uh, good left foot kick. Uh, 
the only knock on his game is he competitive enough. And that was the knock that Scarlett gave him about playing in defence. I'm not sure you're competitive enough to play down there. Um, he needs to get better in that area. But he can certainly play. He will help out them forward and back. Uh, uh, so, well, interest, interesting. That, that tells you one thing, that Darcy Moore's going to play back, doesn't it? Straight away, mm. if he's going to play forward with either Cox or Cameron, or, and my check, I wouldn't. you can't play Cox and Cameron in that team. So, um, yeah, interesting player. He'll get a good look at it for the first time in his career at 22, 23. He'll get a good look. They'll play him every week, bar injury. And uh, hopefully if he gets 15 games in a row that he uh, that he really shows what he can do. Some some players just need to play 15 in a row and feel comfortable at the level and they can skyrocket. And he might just be one of those players. I'm really keen uh, to make sure that we can make this guy into a cult hero. I spoke about it on the show the other week. Uh, a lot of people going with the, the simple Freddy, Freddy Krueger. Yeah. yeah, I understand that. But He's if you're something. a Seinfeld fan, then you remember Mr. Krueger from Kruger Industrial Smoothing. Um, <laughs> and when, he, when the R dropped off the name Kruger from outside the building. Um, this was his response to that. Oh, you're not going out on a high note with me, Mr. Kruger. It's Kruger. I want Kruger to echo around <laughs> the MCG uh, every time <laughs> that Nathan gets the ball. And uh, I think we can make that something, Matt. Do, will the millennials uh, get that one, or is it more more our ilk? Well, see, this is the thing. Uh, Seinfeld's now on Netflix, so there'll be people that are finding it for the first, first time. First time, okay. Yep. Yeah. The, the, the new – something Bob and Andy were talking about the other day, the new Sopranos movie, um, The Many Saints of Newark, has now got oh, all the, the millennials. Oh, the Sopranos movie? It's, okay. it's the prequel movie to The Sopranos. Oh, is it really? Okay. So now, apparently – as we digress ever so yes. slightly, now a lot of the millennials are finding uh, finding the Sopranos for the first time going, what is this? And we're Great saying, show, this, the is the sh- this is the show that changed the face of television forever. There wouldn't be a Netflix if there hadn't been HBO's Sopranos, The Wire, and probably The West Wing as well. Changed the face of television. Yeah, that's, uh, oh, well, that's good. I didn't, I didn't know all that sort of stuff. You're, right, you're obviously right into it. Well, but we've I gone down wa- a rabbit hole. I did watch all the Seinfelds <laughs> and uh, uh, my favourite, Newman. Yeah, you, you, my fav- oh, massive Newman. Hello, Newman. I, I, I just we, we did have someone oh, text uh, in at the time and say, "Can't wait to see if Kruger plays on Newman." <laughs> and then who else? Who else can we get in that's got a Seinfeld name uh, in the AFL? Uh, we digress ever so slightly. Um, the next deal that was done, so Nathan Kruger gets uh, to the pies. Um, this was one that probably shocked us a little, Matty, that um, Jeremy Finlayson asked to be mm. traded. Uh, Port Adelaide were happy to take him. Uh, Port Adelaide got Jeremy Finlayson and the Giants receive a future third-round selection. It was sort of done with um, a, a minimum of fuss. This was Jeremy Finlayson on leaving the Giants. Me and my partner, Kelly, uh, we just had a little baby girl. She's seven weeks old and we wanted to find some family um, support and I didn't have much in Sydney and we, we looked around and, yeah, Port Adelaide showed some interest and um, we got the deal done today and I'm, and I'm over the moon and, yeah, I'm pretty speechless. So he's really he's, happy. Yeah. The, the interesting thing now is with, with Laddam's gone, it probably saves Port Adelaide a headache with that they already had about the makeup of their Ford mm. six with Dixon, Marshall, and Georgiades. Um, so what happens now with Finlayson? Does he play as a defender? Well, what, what, well what the first thing's first. First thing's first. Dixon's got to go back and be the part-time ruckman, which they really didn't want to do. Although Port Adelaide said 
uh, Finn Lason can do some ruck work. Well, I haven't seen him do it very well at GWS. Mm. I know he did do it, but not very well. And depends how long you want. Sky set, uh, Sky set, Lyset, Scotty Lyset does a lot of the ruck work anyway. So uh, you might not have to do much, but Todd Marshall's got to push up in that area and be able to do some too. But they can't play the four, surely, because you're going to play Fantasia and Gray and Rosie in the forward line. They're, they're trying to recontract Motlop. Um, I don't know how he fits in, but I'm not sure they can go back to the four tools in the forward line. George Yardis is going to be number two, Dixon one. It'll be out of Marshall or Finlayson, who fills that other spot, I would have thought. So he's no moral to play every week, but um, he should be happy about going back home. I think his partner's from Port Lincoln, and uh, so she's closer to her family. Uh, beautifully done. Matt Rendell with us on trade deadline for Tyre Power. Uh, Tyre Power is Australia's biggest independent tyre retailer, keeping you safe on the roads. Tyrepower.com.au. I really like this contribution off the text. I do like it when people contribute to the text line with something actually meaningful rather than just mm. bitching and moaning, uh, which some are more inclined to do, adding really nothing to the tenor of the show or the, or the debate or conversation. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> maybe like you, Gary. Uh, this has come through uh, from someone off the text. Kruger's old man was a scarily competitive country player. It's in the young fella somewhere. Oh, okay. So there I we go. That. So a little bit I'm of insight. To think he's from South Australia, I think, isn't he? Yep. Kruger, yeah, from uh, – is it South? He might – got a feeling it's, it's either Sturt or South Adelaide. It starts with an S, so i got a feeling, but don't hold me to that. We'll double-check that in yep. just a moment. Uh, Matty Rendell working beautifully. Uh, we're only partway through the deals that have been done as we recap them chronologically. Your input always absolutely asked for, required, and appreciated. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 0433981116 on the temper text. Temper, a mattress like no other. When we come back, the next deal that was done was a deal that I spoke about at the time, Maddie, thinking it was one of the more astute pieces of business done. I want to get your thoughts on the Luke Dunstan pickup Ooh. by Melbourne. We'll do that next. Hey, well, I'm obviously going to say the chat probably will be that you know you're not going to you're not going to get a game. You'd be playing in the twos anyway. But obviously, I'm going to I'm going to back myself in. Um, I'm in a comfortable spot of where my footy's at. And um, speaking of Goody, he, he's already sort of spoken about them. Really focusing on my strengths, and um, that's something that I'm, I'm excited by. And, yeah, I'm obviously just going to get in there and work my backside off. And um, if it is that I'm not in the ones, I, I still, it's yeah, it's not the be-all or end-all. And um, I'm just going to be yeah, excited to be a part of a happy group that are um, hopefully playing good for you and winning games. Luke Dunstan, former Saint, uh, 11 Brownlow votes in 12 games. Didn't think that Brett Ratton rated him, uh, was not offered a new contract and finds his way to Melbourne. Uh, welcome back uh, to the SEN trade deadline for tyre power. Family safety is never up for trade. We're working through each trade of the trade period for 2021 in chronological order. And Matt Rendell, we're up to Luke Dunstan being taken by Melbourne as an unrestricted free agent. Um, as I said, going into the break, reckon it's one of the more astute pieces of businesses uh, pieces of business done for this trade period. Costs them nothing. Probably aren't paying him very much. A two year deal, and he strengthens an already very strong midfield. But this is a guy that I think people um, underrate, and I'd love to get your thoughts on this. He ranks av- above average or elite in everything you want a midfielder to do. I love what he just said. Then that's fed, that's the first time I heard that. That's mm. outstanding. He's backing himself in. He knows he's going into a great club at the moment. So they've turned that place around real quick. Uh, credit to Goody and his team. Um, everyone at the club, really. Uh, and their leadership. So um, 
on the surface, it looks, yeah, what the hell? What are you doing, Dunstan? You know, you're not going to get a game there. So you've got to look at a bit differently, I think, here. So they're loaded up with inside mid. So Brayshaw is an inside mid playing on a wing. Mm. You've got Petrarca inside mid playing half forward or playing the dusty role, basically. Mid forward, you've got Harms, Viney and uh, Oliver playing as their other inside mids. Uh, don't quite know where you see Sparrow. He's probably an in and out. Mid of more of a runner. So uh, they're loaded up in that area. They got their outside runner in Langdon in, which was great. They brought Bowie in, uh, who really helped them with their run and disposal off half back. Uh, so it got me thinking, what's, what's Melbourne's thinking here? And then I thought, maybe they're going to use Oliver and Petrarca, those two in particular, in different spots. Like maybe throw them half back in a game. Maybe play them out on the wing. Play them as half forward. Instead of having to do the heavy lifting all year, they're going to come under a fair bit of scrutiny, those two blokes, during the year. Mm. Everyone knows they're integral to Melbourne's success. <clears throat> Let's take some pressure off them for the first half of the year. Play them in different positions. They, know, they can play there. They're guns. They'll play anywhere. So let Viney... Harms Dunstan do a bit of heavy lifting during the year. Mm. He won't play every game, but he might play 10, he might play 12. And you get to the end of the year, no, you get an injury or two and he gets in. So I, I like the move on both sides here. Whether he plays or not is debatable, but he's certainly going to add to them. But I can see what St Kilda did as well. Uh, they've got Gresham coming back into the midfield. They've got Jones, Steele and Crouch as their main uh, Gresham coming back and, the, and they've gone for Seb Ross in front of uh, Dunstan yep. and probably think he's superfluous to our needs. The, the the other thing that I loved about it was that Melbourne have said, we think that you can improve too. So yep. that's a great place to start in a relationship, isn't it? We think we can make you a better player and we think you can make us a better team. And the knock on him is his disposal, so 66%. But Christian Petrarca goes at 60%. Yep. Now, I'm not compa- I know that Christian Petrarca Buck- is Buckley one of the went- best... Buckley, one of the great kicks when it's 60-something percent because you're always under pressure in the midfield yep. and a lot of times you're kicking the ball where you haven't got much vision and you're blasting it forward because you're under so much pressure. So that happens. But uh, it was his kicking in open play that was his Achilles heel early in his career. Mm. But I didn't see that, that this year him playing his kicking in open play had improved unbelievably. And he's going to a club that had this issue with Clayton Oliver, who's now become mm. one of the best kicks going inside forward 50 in a competition. So the work he's going to do. So, uh, yeah, Jack Viney as well. And those two people, they credit uh, Mark Williams and Adam Uzak. And Ed, also Jordan Ed Lewis Langdon, has helped with it. Throw yeah. another one. Ed Langdon, he could spray him. So, yeah, he might have that deficiency, but he's yep. gone to a club that has corrected this deficiency yes. in several other players. Mm. So if they do get hit by injuries... This is a guy that knows how to mm. win the ball. And as I said to you, I did a little compare the pair. And, again, this is not a, a knock on George mm. Hewitt because we all think that that's a good piece of business. Maybe four years is too much. Yep. Um, but the money's about right and, and, and he's a good get. Well, when you look at their numbers in comparison, and this is their averages because Hewitt played 21 games and Luke Dunstan played the 12. Um, but he averages five inside 50s a game, does Dunstan, uh, compared to 1.5. He averages... Um, he had two goal assists to five goal assists, but when you counter in the extra games, mm. um, he averages 4.5 score involvements a game to 3.3 for Hewitt, 4.9 tackles to 3.4. Um, and when you work their way down the possessions, 25.3 disposals 
to 17.9. Yep, George Hewitt has a 79% disposal efficiency, um, which is a big difference to the 66 for Luke Dunstan. Contested possessions, 11 to 7. Uncontested, 13 to 11. Intercepts, he still gets those, 3.8 to 3.4. He marks the ball more. His clearance numbers, he averages two centre clearances a game to Hewitt's 0.9 and 3.8 stoppage clearances to 1.6. So... The things you want in your midfielders, he's either above average or elite. Yep. He's, Except um, disposal. Yep. So, uh, look, I think it's a canny move, but only time will tell. Um, he might not be able to get in that team, but uh, right here, right now, I think mm. they're, it, it's smart where they can do a bit of prote- – not necessarily protection, but take some load off their guns. There's some great texts coming through. 0433981116 off the temper text. Malcolm's been waiting patiently in Highbury. G'day, Malcolm. Good boys. Look, just to add another point to your discussion then about Luke Dunstan, you never hear, I'm yet to hear a bad word said about him mm-hmm. in the round of footy traps. I think they've partly recruited, let's be honest, premiership sides quite often fall away with because of attitude. Nothing mm. else, you know. You've scaled the highest mountain 57 years. I think that's what they've recruited him for. That They're going to recruit a guy whose attitude is, and outlook is fantastic, and he'll drive them at training. That's a very, that's I, I an extremely good point. Yeah, extremely uh, good point. Uh, you're thinking it's an astute recruit because he's going to keep those blokes on their toes. Well, look at what, and mm. this is Malcolm. It's a really smart point. Look at go, go back and look at young the last mm. couple of young teams to win a premiership. The dogs well, in Bulldogs, 2016. What happened after that? Hawthorne in 08. What happened mm. after that? Uh, it's a really yep. clear, it's a really it's a great point, Malcolm. You've got another one for us on Sydney. Yeah, look, I think we've... Let's be honest. Dawson had been a reasonable player, has a breakout year, comes third in the BNF, but it's one year. Now, I think actually getting draft choice at the end of the first round, well, it's 17, 18, 19, whatever it is in that regard, I think that's that's quite reasonable. I I I found it quite amusing the way Sydney have sort of acted like since they've been really hard done by and stitched up by Adelaide. Now, if they came, you know, second or third in the BNF two or three years, bloody oath, but not one year. I, I thought, I reckon that's about right. If anything, I reckon Adelaide is slightly over. No, you've, you've spot on there. Uh, you know, I spoke to a few recruiters and they thought bottom of the first round is uh, about where he sits. I thought 20 to 25. But uh, they thought around there, and that's what they ended up getting. You assume Melbourne's going to be 15 to 18 next year. Uh, I, I made a point to Charlie Gardner on Trade Radio today. I said, I suppose you Swannies blokes would love to play Melbourne next year and beat them twice. <laughs> so so, that, so they fall down the ladder. Uh, I said, I wouldn't mind having a bet on you blokes against Melbourne. Um, so they could drop down the ladder a bit and that pick becomes even better. So, uh, no, they got it right and I can't believe it took a week for it to happen. Uh, future first round pick for Dawson. We'll get to that uh, eventually. But um, as we go through these in chronological order uh, on SEN Trade Deadline for Thai Power, family safety is never up for trade. Um, Dawson, though, I don't know if we're underselling. Um, when you look at, again, I'm looking at numbers. Mm. He's got a kicking efficiency of 76.3. So we know he's lethal. Um, by foot. He's elite for inside 50s for his position, elite for effective kicks. He ranks elite for disposals in his position. Um, Kicks per game as well as effective disposals. Um, Those kind of players, Matty, Mm. especially when Adelaide like to play a run-and-gun style, 
and take the game on, move it quickly, mm. he's going to fit into that building structure, I think, really well. Hold that thought, though. We've got to take a break and come back, and we'll keep rolling through these, and you can respond to, to my mm. uh, summation of Jordan Dawson. Um, I think I can see why Sydney were so disappointed to see him go and so keen to hold on to him. Uh, your calls, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. We're working through each of these trades chronologically. Maddie will go through uh, whether each club was able to fill their needs that they would have had coming into this period and where they're situated at the end of it. That's all still to come uh, on the SEN trade deadline for Tire Power. Sam Hargraves and Matt Rendell with you. Trade deadline for tyre power. Family safety is never up for trade. As we're working through chronologically the deals that were done in this period, uh, we got the mega pick swap was the next deal done after Melbourne secured Luke Dunstan as unrestricted free agent. So just to recap on that, at the time, St Kilda received a uh, two fourth round picks, currently 62-66 and a future fourth. Adelaide got a fourth round pick, currently 75. Adelaide got a second round pick, currently 33, and a future first rounder, which was important. Western Bulldogs receive a third round pick, currently 45. The Bulldogs also got a second round pick and a third round pick, 23 and 44. Melbourne got a third round pick, currently 49. Uh, A second round pick, currently 37. And a first round pick, number 17. There's a lot lot of detail in that quite intricate Matt Rendell. But when you <clears throat> look at that, what's the thing we need to be most aware of? Well, we... it, was, it was Bulldogs getting the points for Sam Darcy was the key to this. I couldn't work out why Saints were in the deal, but anyway, they were in the deal. <laughs> um, I think they were bored. So, uh, But <laughs> the, the rest were basically a break square. Uh, Melbourne moved up, uh, I think what was their best was 30, 30, I think, into 17, but gave up some futures. <clears throat> so that, they're going to back themselves to get a good player at that 17 in the draft this year. Well, essentially, it was about Bulldogs getting that 17 out because it would have got gobbled up by the Sam Darcy uh, pick and uh, getting enough points in, which they, they didn't quite get enough, but they did get some points in and a, and a swap of all those, you know, futures. The, the future... I just want to go through this future third and fourth stuff, and I can't work out why people are trading future fours. The the end of the uh, third round is fifty four, mm-hmm. so the end of the fourth round, so the uh, so yeah, first round, second round, third round, end of third rounds that, so you're talking about picks round sixty something or other. Now it might be valuable this year, but maybe not next year because. Um, I don't know if there's too many father-sons, NGAs, academy players next year. I haven't done any homework. I haven't spoken to people about that. But this year, there'll be at least eight picks go out. So if you've got pick 60, that could come into 52. That's extremely valuable uh, for picking players at the back end because of Darcy and uh, Dacos. All those picks will just get wiped off Mm. uh, Collingwood and uh, Bulldogs. But next year, I'm not too sure. Maybe that, they would know better than me, and maybe that's why they're putting in there. I just haven't been able to do any homework on it yet, which I'll try and do over the, the break and find out how many... I think Sydney might have a couple of good academy kids, but I don't know about NGAs and other father-sons. 
Uh, 0433981116. Uh, off the temper text. Uh, temper, a mattress like no other. Uh, Brett saying no text being read at all. Brett, we will. We're, we're going to work our way through a heap of those. There's a good text from Gary that I want to read in just a moment when we get to the Jordan Dawson trade. Mm. Uh, and you'll get the chance to just give us your view on where he sits as a player. Uh, we're going through these chronologically, though. Uh, feel free to get involved at any point. 0433 Eleven sixteen. So the other, the next deal that got done, Matty, uh, on the seventh of October was Frio. Now this was all to do with the deal that got done within the last hour of today, the Jordan Clark deal. So Fremantle got pick twenty two. Yep. Collingwood uh, got pick twenty seven. Yep. And a future third round selection. So Collingwood gave up future second and third when they did that deal with the Gold Coast. So Gold mm-hmm. Coast had plot. Had uh, ploughed into next year again with picks. So um, using that, getting that 22, I said it'd be valuable. Or it got them back into the third round. So Collingwood are still sitting there with that 27. They'll do something with that because it get gobbled up by Dacos. So it's it's got some uh, a real good value on it. Mm. Um, but it allowed the Cats were asking for between or oh, 8 and 27, but really realistically they were asking for something between 20. 15 and 25. He was picked at 15 yep. a few years ago. So they got the 22 to appease the Cats. So that's part A of uh, of getting Jordan Clark. We'll get to part B, the next yes. deal that was done. And this was... So, sorry, that's that's a tick for both. Tick for both. Tick for both. So this one, I think, too, is also a tick for both teams involved. The Gold Coast really proactive here, knowing... One, they've got full confidence in the list that they've got. And there's a question here, and and and, and Matty, thanks off the text. Uh, sorry, this is Dan off the text. Uh, and I've got this parked here to, to ask you as well, which I'll do at the end of this. Gold Coast receive a future second-round selection and a future fourth-round selection. Mm-hmm. There's that future fourth, Matty. But Fremantle, they took Will Brody and the contract that was mm. alleged to be around 400K a year. They got a second-round pick, that pick 19, that 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 coveted pick 19, yep. and two fourth-round picks, currently 61 and 69. So we're starting to see now, Matty, and we almost saw a deal got getting done where a third party was brought in to cover salary. Mm-hmm. This is a little bit like that, getting rid of a, a salary yeah. as much as it is a player and, and having to give a cherry to take it in that pick 19. Oh, it's, it, this is gold. So they put a price of 400000 on pick 19. That's what Freo did. <laughs> We're going to take Will Brody's 400 grand mm-hmm. that he's owed and you're going to you're going to give us 19 as well. Mm. And basically gave them nothing back. I mean, they all get signed off by the AFL, but AFL knew what they were doing. It's a salary cap dump and given yep. their bloke an opportunity, he wasn't going to be any value to them this year. They weren't going to play. You think he so can be a player, Will Brody? He was a really good junior, but only what I hear is that he was a bit lazy up there and um, he needs to put his head down his bum up and get the best out of his abilities when he gets to Frio. So... Great deal by Frio. They get that coveted first pick in the second round, which we've already talked about. It's got some value to it. Mm. The problem was for Frio is that now Geelong wanted the pick <laughs> 19. So um, they thought the 22 they got for him, yeah, happy days. Now they've got 19. Um, didn't they try to do the Brody in 19 with another club? It eludes me first and it got knocked back. They knocked it back. Did I, can I remember uh, that? Yeah, it was. I and think it was North Melbourne. Yes, it was. It was with yeah. McPherson. Yes, it was. It was. It, it was they McPherson, tried to do the Brody. nineteen yep. and that to McPherson, yep. and North wanted to do it. 
and offered him another year. North were very happy to do it for that pick 19. Darcy McPherson wouldn't leave Gold Coast. Now, we've got to get to a break, but Dan had asked this question. Matty, how can Gold Coast, who only has pick three, take a minimum of three picks in the draft? They'll upgrade two off their rookie list, which you're allowed to do. (laughs) So it's a bit of an anomaly. They've allowed clubs to do clubs to do this in the, about the last three years. And they're actually trying to get some players to go back to the rookie uh, list because, from the full Because list. They, they haven't got enough spots on their list to no. put three new ones. Well, uh, oh, they might have th- – th- theirs is a complicated thing because they've got ten rookie list spots. They were going to put Brody back to a rookie list. They're going to put mm. another kid back to the rookie list off their main list to make some spots. So uh, without having it in front of me, I can't really tell, but – uh, yeah, they'll upgrade two rookies to fill that um, those three spots. We'll come back and we'll uh, dissect the most sought-after name in this trade period. We knew from a couple of months out that Adam Chera was going to be uh, the most coveted name that we thought would be up for trade in this trade period. A deal got done. We'll work our way through that on the other side of this. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. And off the text, Will Brody will be a star at Fremantle. And as Matty said... Okay. If he goes and sidles up next to Nat Fife for a preseason, mm, and so he should, and maybe um, maybe pick whoever their Brayshaw, whoever their best runner and trainer is, mm. and just say I'm going to spend all my preseason with you. Mm. We will wait and see what happens. Uh, new beginnings, new horizons. It's a big part of what trade's all about. Uh, this is the SEN trade deadline for tyre power. Family safety is never up for trade. Uh, Carlton's obviously a very strong club. Um, a lot of history behind it. But I think at the present moment, there's so much excitement about the group and um, obviously a lot of changes have happened over the last few months there and I just really want to be a part of it and feel like they've got they've got the core group there and um, I can't wait to work with them and start to build something special and um, I know they're all hungry for success, fans included, and um, so am I. So um, just can't wait to be a part of it. Yeah, look, we're really excited. He's, um, he's obviously a was a high pick himself and he's he's hardly missed. I think he's played 76-odd games in the four years at Fremantle. So we see him as a 10-year player for us in the middle of the ground and really complement what we've got. Um, and the ability to to run both ways and use the ball really well. I think he's kicking inside 50 especially is a, a highlight of his, um, his game. So we're really excited with what he can bring. Adam Chera and Nick Austin. So Adam Chera um, went from Fremantle to Carlton. We knew a couple of months out. He's been one of the most talked about players for the year. The offer was on the table very early on from Fremantle. And the longer he held off on signing that, the more likely it was that he would ask for a trade. That happened. Nick Austin, the Blues head of list management, talking about how excited they were to get Adam Chera, who said he did give Melbourne a chance to pitch. It was always a big question, though, Matt Rendell. Uh, Sam Hargraves here on SEN Trade Deadline for Tire Power. Family safety is never up for trade. Uh, what? How could Melbourne get that deal done? In the end, he nominated Carlton as his club uh, of preference. And uh, one of the really nice parts of this story, Matty, is the fact that we're led to believe that about six Carlton players uh, agreed Ooh. to uh, take a pay cut in order to get his deal done, which is rumoured to be around the 7 to 7.50 mark. He was taken at pick five in his draft year. He's had two top five best and fairest finishes. He looks primed and ready to go to enter the next phase of his career. You'd think he'd be starting in the midfield come round one for Carlton. Quality player, quality person. Um, obviously want to go back home. They've uh, if, there's a, if there's a country in the world that's got a stronger family bond unit than Italians, I want to know which country it is. And, we, you know, that's just a fact of life. Um, us Aussies can't get out of home quick enough, <laughs> but, <laughs> Sam. But 
but uh, the Italians, uh, you know, they, they got a massive attraction, the family unit, and stick mm. together. And so he wanted to go back home for mm. that for that reason to be closer to his to be closer to his family. He probably goes back and lives with his parents, I suppose. So. Uh, Great get by Carl. Our producer Julio is, is Italian and he's nodding along. So yes, probably... he's, he's agree with me. He knows. Yeah. Uh, um, so a great get by Carlton. And they had to fight off a few in, who came late, Richmond and Melbourne in the end, like top clubs. Mm. Would have been enticing. He probably looked at them. But Richmond could have got a deal done um, as well. But he, he clearly had committed to Carlton very early on. And what I love about it, he didn't waver. He stuck with them. Yeah. But there's a, good, a, there's a reason for that, it, though, isn't there? Because it, if he looks at Melbourne and Richmond, he's not yeah. guaranteed to start in the middle with them. But he is at Carlton. Uh, I would think at, at Richmond he probably would have been. Okay. Assuming, look, I'm assuming Cochin might go somewhere else for his last year, that's all. Okay. Uh, but um, I could see him at Richmond, uh, probably not Melbourne. But, um, look, uh, it's a good deal. It's a, it's a, It worked out really well. That was a solid, you know, pick six. Um it took a bit, a little bit longer than it should have, but yeah, I agree with that. Um, ticks all round for both clubs there. Yeah, uh, Frio got the first round pick, pick six, and a future third round yeah. selection. They haggled for a while. Um, put a pin in that, Matty. We'll come back and keep yeah. working through that on the other side of this. How did you trade? How did your club fare? What have you made of your club's trade period? One three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. We would love to hear from you as we recap uh, the last uh, week and a half of this AFL trade period. We're going through trade by trade before Matt Rendell runs his eye over your club's list. There's plenty more still to come on the SEN trade deadline. Uh, welcome back. Sam Hargraves, Matt Rendell, SEN Trade Deadline for Ty Power, here to help you stay safe on the road. We're going through in chronological order, trade by trade, before we work our way through every club and where they sit ahead of the draft. And after this trade period, there's the delisted free agency period that comes up too. Uh, so there's still plenty of dates and plenty of opportunities to, to make moves. Uh, AFL now, we know, is a 12-month-of-the-year business. So... Um, Matty, uh, before we get uh, to the next uh, of the uh, the moves made and the, the drafts uh, hands exchanged in this trade period, uh, we're going to go to the phones, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 Muzz are a good friend of the show in Geelong, a very proud blue bagger. Hello, Muzz. Hello. I first of all want to thank you and uh, your colleague there for all the trade news that you've given me as a blind man in the last fortnight. Um, it's been awesome on Dwayne's show and the Brecky show and the the mid-morning show and Sam, it's been awesome. Thanks, brother. Um, my, question, my question is, why are you all giving Carlton a hard time on signing up the Sydney bloke for four years? Is it too much or isn't he good enough? Uh, look, I just... Look, four years he'd be really happy with, I thought. Oh, yeah, he'd be wrapped. He'd be wrapped in a four years for a free agent coming out uh, on a on pretty good dough. Uh, look, it's semantics. Look, um, we probably most people would have thought it was going to be three, uh, but to prize him out, and and so other clubs didn't get him. They probably had to offer him four. Um, we're not particularly worried about it. We just it was a surprise to tell you the truth. I More than anything, Kane's probably been the strongest critic on yeah. it, and his view was that he wasn't offered anything by Sydney, so you didn't probably need, need to, to give do, him that yeah. much in order to get him. 
given that he didn't have an offer yeah. from Sydney. I don't think anyone's uh, arguing, Muzz, that he's a good pickup. Yep. And he's going to play an important role in, in what they're doing, especially in terms of culture. Yep. Because he's going to be great for the culture. He he's comes come from, from a, a very great good culture. One, yep. And he will bring a lot of that with him. Um, and I think when people like Brian Cook and, and Michael Voss look at this guy, they'll be like, yep. It's it, a, it's he only can help minor, us with what we're going to want to implement. It's only minor buzzer, but we needed something to talk about. <laughs> And I think it's also, too, because our radar goes up, Muzzer, when it comes to Carlton. So Luke Sayers has tweeted a few times we're a destination club, which mm. raised some eyebrows because it's – it's, and maybe this is semantics too, but are you a destination club or are you just a where we will pay you more and give you longer contracts than anybody else will club? So the radar goes up when what's happened over the last few years with Carlton mm. giving much more money to, to, to players than they've got Williams. anywhere else and longer deals mm. than they were going to – much longer deals than they were going to get anywhere else. And, so, and Muzzer, we're also very worried, Muzzer, uh, how are you going to get Walsh in next year on big money and mm. he's going to be big money. So we're hoping that the Hewitt contract doesn't uh, impede that – uh, contract for Walsh that will be happening over the next year. And and also, too, yeah, the concern about salary cap, given that they, it's been a long time since finals for Carlton, Adam Chera, we know, and, and I love the fact that the players have taken pay cuts to yeah. get him in. That You, you would know this, Matty, from your, you know, your experience in the industry, knowing what it takes to put premiership list mm. together. A lot of times it's players taking less than they can get elsewhere. Hawthorne and Geelong are the two notorious Brisbane ones. Brisbane as well. Vossie uh, knows that all too well. Yeah. His own hip pocket's been affected yes. by that. Yes, Um Harry's in Parkdale. G'day, Harry. Hey, guys. How are you going? Yeah, very well, Good. thanks. Um, I'm just glad St Kilda didn't give in too much for that uh, North Melbourne Ruckman, just mm. due to the um, NJ products that uh, St Kilda have this year in uh, Winhagen Owens. Mm. And I was also thinking St Kilda probably should have traded up and trying to get that Callahan, being a Sandy boy. What are your thoughts on uh, that, Matt? And... I don't think they were able to get high enough with what they had to trade up high enough to get Callahan. That won't be happening. You'll, you'll need to get into pick two or three for that, and they didn't have enough to do that. Uh, and the Zeri deal was going to be around future picks. It wasn't going to be uh, for picks this year. So uh, those picks in the 60s will come into the early 50s. And I think that'll be enough to get you to um, NG Aikens in Winhager and Owens. I think it'll be enough points to get them in. So I think they've done it intelligently. They didn't really need to do anything. They've done plenty over the last two years. They just need to sit back and get a couple of their really good players in Patton and Gresham back in their team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, hopefully we can make finals again next year. But who Oh, they should. Hmm. Good on you, Harry. Great to chat to you. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 The next trade, chronologically, that occurred uh, wasn't a trade so much as it was a, an unrestricted free agency signing. Um, Hawthorne, um, swingman in the end, Tim O'Brien, mm. who's been on the list for eight or nine years. Um, I think he's 27 years of age. Yep. Um, uh, just a new horizon needed. A lot of expectations have been on this young man since he got to the club. They gave him the number 23, which, is, again, no fault of his. But the moment you put 23 <laughs> on at Hawthorne, you, you are always going to be looked at because of the history of that number with Don Scott, Dermot Brereton, Lance Franklin. Um, so he always had very high expectations, showed some glimpses of what he could be. I don't that's think there's that's anyone... his nickname. <laughs> Glimpses? Yes. <laughs> well, In the industry. <laughs> well, hopefully for him, hopefully for him now, a, a change of scenery where yeah. he'll go to a club to play a well, role 
and and hopefully that can be the, the a real pivotal and turning point in his. But here's the career. weird thing about it: he was probably having his best year playing as a key back this year. He did, and I thought took mark of the year. I don't know about you. I had you. him on the podium. Uh, I thought he took the mark of the year. It was a crack, and that's what he can do. I had Rewalt first. Okay, and uh, uh, played some really good stuff down back. He did, and uh, I thought uh, they probably need to keep him. That I mean, they got Granger Barash coming on, but he's. A skinny kid playing. He's played five games. Sicily they coming got, back. They got Frost and Hardigan there. They're on contracts, and he wasn't on contract. So mm. uh, it makes a bit of sense. He's been there for a while. And it made sense for the Bulldogs having lost Lewis Young because they're a bit light on in defence too. Are. Cordy Gardner, Keith, uh, no stars, very good defensively. And uh, maybe uh, they can develop. Uh, O'Brien can, can, into a can, third tall back yes, and can, intercept can he, marker. Yes, can he be an yes. Alier? Can he be a lever? Can that, he? That's what I would think. That's what I think they got him for. Yeah. So let's see how he goes with that next year because I think he's very capable of doing that at Bulldogs. This is where Luke Beveridge uh, told Tim O'Brien that he intends to play him, according to Tim O'Brien. Yeah. So yeah, I've spoken uh, to Bevo a couple of times briefly, um, and had a pretty good relationship with, he, with him when he was at Hawthorne in my early couple of years. So. Um, yeah, that's a really exciting part to get to get back with him. But he was um, pretty clear that I'll be playing across half back, um, which is something I'm excited about. I feel that's probably where I'm going to be able to play my most, my best and most consistent footy, and um, that's where my attributes are best suited to, to how the game's played these days. To to be playing as like an intercept marking defender um, will be the role that I'll, I'll be looking at playing. I, prom- I promise you, I haven't heard that video. <laughs> Over did that tape is exactly what we were talking about. The other thing you should go and have a listen to, Dogs fans, and, and I think it's a great one for footy in general, the chat that he had with Bob and Andy on SEN Drive, where he okay. spoke about the pressure, spoke about the expectation, spoke about what it did to him yeah. mentally and, yeah. and how he struggled with it from time. It's must-listen stuff. Okay. And, and he was really honest. He was really open, mm. uh, and, and credit to him. Because he, because he obviously is a is someone who's got tremendous self awareness, understood where he was at, yeah. where people thought he might be, where people wanted him to be, where where he you know. So um, in hindsight, it wasn't a good move to give him twenty three. Oh, I, th- I don't think he had the personality to accept that twenty three. Well, when you look at the personalities at that, that number, mate, he exactly. was a, he's a gentle person. Yep, it 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 was not going to suit him. Mm. I'm surprised they did that. Mm. Oh, I, I, I can understand well. how he'd feel the pro. Oh, he's a great kid. I hope he does well there. And he, and they're going to give him every opportunity. Yeah, I, I, I really do hope that uh, it's a success for for Tim O'Brien, as we do for anyone that, that gets a new home. Uh, the next deal was a three way deal, Matty. October seventh. There was a bit of movement on this day. Uh, one of the more um, uh, one of the more uh, action filled days, given uh, that there was uh, one, two, uh, three. Four, five deals done. Uh, the last one on the day was Carlton getting Lewis Young, uh, the Western Bulldogs swingman. Western uh, Bulldogs getting a third-round pick, which is currently pick 52. And the West Coast Eagles got Sam Petrevsky seat. And this is an interesting <laughs> one um, to dissect. Who wins? Who who are the winners and losers out of this trade, Matty? Because Sam petrevsky Seaton, um, when and I've told this a few times, when Cal Toomey was going through his draft um, analysis, of the 2016 draft with which Sam Petrovsky Seaton was picked six. He said that he might end up being the best midfielder of the lot. He's been playing senior waffle since I think he was Ooh. 16 um, and, and thought that he had the highest ceiling. It hasn't worked out for him at Carlton. He now goes to West coast. 
they took him at pick six. They got pick 52. Big winners, West Coast here. Yep. Uh, I really like him as a player. I mean, it, I when I look at players and you're doing trading and drafting, go off their best. Mm. And his best is great. Mm. So go off their best and then find out why they're not at their best on a regular basis. There is always an issue. The player's too lazy. For some reason, the coach doesn't – they don't warm to him or uh, he causes trouble at the club or um, he's not fitting in with their culture or something like that. There's always a reason mm. why you see a player at his best. You know, you want to you want to know why Tim O'Brien's not at his best every week with such talent that mm. he's got. So find out the reason and go off their best. He is no way of pick 52. He was taken at pick six in the draft for a reason. I think everyone had him sub 10 um, and anywhere between five and 10. No one had him, I wouldn't have thought, sub five. So, uh, and he's played some really good footy for him. I don't know what's happened there, but a really good pickup. He's going to fit in their midfield beautifully. They need some pace, kicking skills um, out of the middle there. Pace more, or someone who can break lines. And we've seen him be able to do that. So a great pickup for them. Uh, Bulldogs got some more points in for Lewis Young, which they needed for uh, for Darcy. And the Carlton one, Lewis Young, uh, interests me. I'm, I'm, you know, they've got Jones, 30-31. Wiedering's a star. And Marchbank hasn't basically played for a year and a half. So mm. I thought they were well equipped for key backs. Uh, but they're obviously worried about Marchbank. Hasn't played for a while. Jones is, is 31. And he's a younger bloke. He's 22, 23. I haven't seen enough really good footy as a key back to be able to judge him. Do you know what you have seen, though? You've seen Ticker. You've seen him be told, hey, listen, you have to go and play finals in the ruck, which we've never had you do, and you've just got to make a contest. We've lost three in a row getting into finals. You've got to play ruck for us. Um, go on, off you yeah, go. And he got and, stitched up by Draper in the first half of that final. But yep. I love what he did in the second half yep. in the ruck there. Obviously, Stefan Martin come back, came back and he missed out. But his second half was really good in the ruck on Draper. Mm. He was really throwing him around like a rag doll and he yep. really fought back. So I, I, there's a lot to like there. He's not going to play in the ruck at, at Carlton, but I, I haven't seen enough of him as a key back to make a, a mm. solid judgment on him. Uh, this was first, we'll start with Sam Petrovsky-Seaton on uh, joining the Eagles and the role that he'll play there. Are you speaking to Dwayne Russell after the trade went through? The process has been pretty smooth, to be honest. Um, I've been in, the, in and around the facility yesterday and I'm about to head in today and um, hopefully make myself a bit comfortable with the joint already and I mean, just head in for, for a gym session. So um, uh, I spoke to Simo when I was about... I think the day I got traded and a few days after that. But um, I think he's, gone to, he's still on holiday at the moment, so I look forward to chatting to him pretty soon. Did he tell you where he's thinking of playing you? Yeah, well, that was a fair idea. Um, I think well, I play my best footy through that midfield forward role. So, you know, if I can you know, c- contribute to the to the team playing that role, um, you know, and hopefully, you know, play some some good footy um, and, you know, contribute to the team in, that, in those positions. Sam Petrovsky seaton gets to, to go home. And um, I think the pre-season is going to be a really important one for yeah. him. Well, home's not necessarily Perth. He's from Halls Creek. Well, it's a fair way away. You're 100% right. Home state, I should have home said. Home state. And he actually didn't spend much time in Perth. I reckon no. he was only there a year, maybe. A year or two? Was he two I don't, years well, of Waffle I Seniors? Thought, for some reason, I thought it was a year. You they might, might have right. bought him down for some games yep. uh, in the previous year. 
but he actually lived there for a year, I think. Lewis Young uh, on switching clubs and uh, joining Carlton on a two-year deal. Spoke to Trade Afternoons uh, on AFL Trade Radio. Um, yeah, no, um, yeah, a lot of work went in background um, with the Blues and um, they just sounded like a really, really great club, a really great group of guys and a lot of um, a lot of excitement around around the group and the new um, the new wave that they're taking. So I, I really wanted to be a part of it. And your best position, I've got to ask you, I mean, is it you've played ruck? You've played forward. You're arriving at Carlton, correct me if I'm wrong, as that third tall, if you like, as, as a defender. Is that where you think you play your best footy? Yeah, I believe so. I think um, I've played a lot of different positions recently and um, versatility is something that I can um, I really thrive for just because it really helps out the team um, if something goes wrong or if, if there's a need at a different position. But, yeah, I do see myself playing as that third um, third tall and potentially playing on those bigger key forwards. Um, so, yeah, that's what I'm hoping to do for, for Carlton. When did you make the decision... Lewis, you wanted to leave the dish lickers. You had a taste of finals footy, uh, narrowly missed out on playing in a grand final this year. That looks like some sustained success coming up at the Dogs. When did you decide that you wanted to make the move to the Blues? Um, it was probably after the season. I really invested myself in the finals. Um, I, I played two finals and then was unfortunately missed out. So I was really invested in the final series and um, really turned away all all contacts really with my management and my um, my team. So after the season, I went back and spoke to my family and my management and we felt that it was the right time for me as a player um, to make the move. And yeah, I'm really happy that I've done it. Lewis Young speaking to uh, Sam Edmund and Adam Cooney on trade afternoon. So he finds himself at a new home. So that was part of a three-way deal. Uh, When we come back, we're working our way through the deals done of this trade period on SEN Trade Deadline for Tire Power. Here to help you stay safe on the road. Your input though, much uh, greatly uh, appreciated and sought after. 0433 98 11 16 on the temper text. one 736 is the number. Uh, we'll keep working our way through your calls and your text and the trades uh, as they rolled out. And then Matt Rendell will just work through each club uh, and where they're situated at the end of this trade period. Did they fill the needs that they had or is there a bit of work for them to do with the, tra- with the draft uh, around the corner next month? Super excited to be joining the Tigers and can't wait to get down to the club and meet the players, coaches and staff and get stuck into pre-season. Looking forward to a big 2022 and can't wait to have you guys back in the stands. So that was Robbie Tarrant, uh, now a Richmond Tiger. That uh, was uh, one of the more interesting uh, players whose name came up during this trade period uh, when a lot of talk around would Richmond look to take a Daniel Talia uh, given the retirement of Dave Asprey. And it was Robbie Tarrant that ended up being the player that filled that void. So 174 mm. games for North Melbourne. He was picked 15 in the 2007 draft. Came through the Benigo Pioneers, South Mildura boy. Uh, now finds his way to the Tigers. That deal was done, the first deal uh, of the 8th of October, as we work our way through every deal done on the SEN trade deadline for Tire Power. Here to help you stay safe on the road. So the Tigers get Robbie Tarrant, a third-round pick, currently pick number 40 and a future second-round selection. North Melbourne received Callum Coleman-Jones, and that one would have stung Richmond after they lost Marby or Chole. They got two third-round picks, uh, North Melbourne, currently 42 and 47, and a future fourth-round selection. So a lot uh, to work through Ooh. in that particular trade sandwich, Matty. Uh, a lot of ingredients. Uh, well, who got the, the better the, of it? There was a, well, I think probably Richmond, uh, just for the fact that I'm not sure North had to give up a future second. Was it a future second uh, they gave up there? Um, yeah, they got a few. They, so Richmond got so Richmond got Robbie Tarrant, 
a third round pick, which is currently pick yeah. 40, a future second round yeah. from North Melbourne. I don't know that they had to give up the future second, considering they were giving up. They got 40 and they and mm. they got Tarrant. Um, and they chased Tarrant. A good get for them to get Tarrant. They need a replacement there. They got Bolter coming back off a knee. Obviously, Grimes there. Uh, so a good get for Richmond. He's got easily a couple of years left in him. He makes a um, – he's 2016 best and fairest Sid Barker medal. But one of the things about him, Matty, he's going to be able to play either the designated driver role mm. or he can, if they've got Bolter injured or maybe Grimes injured, he can play the intercept role yep. as well. So he's he, he's got – He's got strings to his bow yep. as a as a key defender, and that, there's still a massive chance to win good a flag of the too. Footy. Yep, yep. No, that's a good a good deal. Coleman Jones, they've got in to play as forward ruck, mainly take over from Goldstein and ruck. I haven't seen him ruck enough to say whether that's a winner. Um, I know I've seen him ruck at the forward line, but it's not playing on ball all game, and you know, copping the uh, copping the big fella. So uh, I think he needs to get a uh, you know fitter and stronger to be able to play that role. But uh, we saw enough of him playing in the forward line at Richmond to mm. know that he can be a good, really good player. And, you know, with Larky up there, that's a good foil for him. Larky desperately needed someone to help him out there. He did a super job last year, I thought, Larky. So uh, good Building. move. Probably, probably just Richmond because I'm not sure that North had to give up the future second. Because that's a good pick, the future second for North. You've got to think they're going to finish in the bottom Half a dozen again. So it's a good one for Richmond to land, mm. isn't it? So he's kicked 11 goals in nine games. Mm. Callum Coleman-Jones, what I'm really liking about North Melbourne is Matty Rendell is they're building a really handy uh, selection of hyphenated players. <laughs> it's a plethora that they've got. So yeah. we can just think next yeah. year that Luke okay. Avizuniak is going to yeah. be maybe giving a little handball yes. after a contested ball win to Jason Horn francis <laughs> who's hopefully going to deliver inside forward 50 to Callum Coleman-Jones. Jones. Um, We're seeing more of these hyphenated, aren't we? I love it. I've, I give a Ivor Warren Smith award out that this was the first year <laughs> oh, of it to the it. best player with a hyphenated name. Luke <laughs> Davies Uniac was the runaway winner. Yeah. Big second half of the year. Uh, so that's very exciting from a personal and highly stupid point of view. Yeah. Um, so that was uh, the first deal done on the eighth, and then we had to wait a couple of days. We had a we had a lull, Maddie, between the eighth mm. and the eleventh. But this was another one that that came early on uh, and was discussed that Pat Lipinski, who yep. dominates at VFL level, just and understandably so, can't crack uh, the starting mid or, or really even the team at the Western Bulldogs who are blessed uh, with an abundance of midfielders and inside midfielders. And he mm. wants to play as an inside mid, but he's got run and carry uh, attributes yeah, as yes. well. So he goes to the Pies, Western Bulldogs get a third round pick, currently pick 43. What did you make of it? Yeah, Bulldogs are looking for more picks for, um, for Darcy. So... That shored up that area for him. So I think it's just a it's a win-win by both. Lipinski will play most of the game from you gotta think, yeah, he can play in that role. Uh side bottom and Pendleby might find other spots uh for them now, you know, get coming to the end of their career. They've still got a couple of years left in them, both of them, but he's a young fella, Lipinski, and he's gonna add to their young midfield stocks. He will. He spoke to Bob and Andy on SEN at the time about why uh, he'd left the Bulldogs. I uh, just think, you know, I was playing a lot of VFL and I felt like, you know, I was probably, I was dominating that competition. It felt like this year and still wasn't getting a chance. So I think um, I just, from from that, I really just wanted a fresh start because, you know, there's such great players at, at the Bulldogs in the midfield and none of them are going anywhere. 
anytime soon and I really just want to take take a chance and you know hopefully get more consistent AFL time so I think you've got to look at that and that was probably one of the another main reason you know just the quality of AFL mids and all Australians and you know superstars at the dogs it was it's going to be always tough but um, there's still you know some really great players at Collingwood that I'm keen to learn off and you know be involved with so yeah it's just exciting. Pat Lipinski, who's joining the Pies, note to anyone that gets traded after requesting a trade, and not that players don't now understand the business of football, but if you are going to say, hey, I don't want to play here anymore, when you get your first chance to do an interview, pump up the people that you've left as much mm. as you possibly can. He did it beautifully there, Matty. Pat Lipinski talked about all Australians and greats of the game, and that's exactly how you do oh, it. Oh, I love how he said he dominated the VFL too. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You've got to remind them exactly what they're getting. But at the same time, give a big hug to the people yeah. that you've just left. It makes it very hard. It's very hard to be angry at someone no, exactly. <laughs> when they're praising you to that extent. Um, but it's a good pickup. Yeah, it's a good pickup. It's a, that's a win-win for both uh, because Bulldogs need the points. Uh, so Gary uh, has come back with a, with a great contribution and, and much appreciated. Positive reinforcement here, Matty. Uh, Dawson, if drafted now, would be top 15. This is about Jordan Dawson, who mm. has got his way to the Adelaide Crows. It took a long time to get that deal done. Sydney receive a future first-round selection. Uh, I agree. With, he's spot with, on, I Gary. agree with yep. Gary that yep. he's, a, he's a very, very good player, Jordan Dawson. And if he's in next year draft, he'd be the same, and, it, and that's what probably they're going to get. Yeah. Sydney. Well, 15. At worst, it's going to be 18. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but given that we're probably not expecting um, Adelaide to jump up too much, that could be a pretty good pick for Sydney. Um, no, they've got Melbourne's first round. Um, Sorry, you're, that's, they've and, got Melbourne's first round. Just in brackets round. here, the part I didn't read, tied to Melbourne. Thank <laughs> you very much. So, <laughs> read the so whole wanna, sentence. There's so a I, lesson for me if I'm dealing them I, out. I wonder why you're looking at me quizzically. I yes, know. Yes, at 18 is the worst it can be. Mm. You're 100% right. Uh, mm. If only we could take that back. So, uh, yeah, uh, couldn't agree more with that one. He's got you Gary. rattled, Gary. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> you... <laughs> That's very good from you. That's very good. That's very good. Um, but what he what he does do is he fills a position that, that that's going to be so handy for, for Adelaide because he the way that they play, yeah, absolutely. the way that they play, he's perfect for. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, wing half back, third tall back. Even fourth till back, but wing half back, and uh, you know Tilthorpe and Tex and Fogarty are going to be so happy next year as he spots them up. So that was the trade done, the first trade done today after a couple of very lean days, uh, which we said a couple of times during this trade period. The SEN trade deadline for type out here to help you stay safe on the road. We'll work through the final day of trades on the other side of this. And before Matty goes, he is going to take us through each club and just quickly give us a mark on how they performed in this trade period. Uh, this is the SEN trade deadline for Tire Power, here to help you stay safe on the road. Question off the text, 0433981116 for you, Matt Rendell. And mm. thanks for your kind words to Mari in Fitzroy. He had a nice little note on the bottom of that, which I'm greatly appreciative of. But this is to you. Um, uh, wondering if you reckon if either of the Pies pickups will be regular first 22 next season and what you both think of our mid-season draft pick, Ash Johnson, who we didn't talk about, who was uh, a key forward, yep. speaking of Halls Creek. Um, Marion Fitzroy, uh, yes. what do you think? So we just spoke about Lipinski. Kruger we spoke about earlier and Ash Johnson. Um, Lipinski, definite play. Uh, mm-hmm. Kruger, 
I think so. It'll be Cameron or Cox, uh, Mychek and Kruger. I think that'll be the three tools up there. Uh, so he'll get every opportunity in the forward line. He's going to be a runner up there. He's going to be mobile, uh, much like Mychek. So how they work that uh, remains to be seen. Uh, Ash Johnson now. He came in the mid-season draft and broke his fingers straight away and basically mm. missed the rest of the season. He's a real talent. Watch this bloke next year. He can he can seriously play. So he plays that hybrid uh, forward line marking type player uh, like Shane McAdam. So a person called Shane Radbone from Adelaide bought three Aboriginal players down from Halls Creek. Uh, Jai Farrar, uh, Ash Johnson and Shane McAdam, and they all got drafted. And a credit to that bloke, uh, how that, that's unbelievable story. He's bought, his, his wife, I think, had a connection with Halls Creek. I think his wife might be Aboriginal. Uh, and I thought, this bloke's done the AFL's work here, bringing those three people down. And they've all, they're all playing at AFL clubs. It's a super story. Yep. Anyway, so watch out for Ash Johnson. He's a He's got some serious talent. Uh, off the text as well. Um Good night. Obviously, SMS is not working or ignoring question marks. Mm. See ya. Uh, apologies. I did have uh, your text to get through. When we're talking about Tim O'Brien and the expectation of, pick, uh, of being number 23, mm. had said, Sam, 23 is just a number, mate. Uh, change of jumper made segs in A grade. Ruck, Sam and Matt. Uh, and I'm not sure what the forgot grand final one is about. But the, on the number, just quickly, before we get through the trades that we've done today, yes, a number is just a number. But at some clubs, some numbers have great significance. Way more significance. History. Mm. And... We should would you go through that, that one day. We will. Would you up. agree that there are is pressure that comes with certain jumpers at certain clubs? Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, I, I know what he's saying. And yeah. Yes, you're right. But it depends who you give it to. And I don't think Tim O'Brien was the right person to give it to. Uh, you would give that number to at least someone who is manic competitive. Mm. And that's not Tim O'Brien. And he's got his place swagger. on the field. Well, not even a swagger. What you first want them to be is manic, uh, competitive. Okay. And anything that spills out of that, okay. So, um, yeah, it is. This in this particular case, I think it does matter who you give it, who you give the legendary jumpers to. Uh, you know, Collingwood give their first draft pick to a Dacos's number, but then they move into their own number after that. It's, I love the history that comes with numbers. I think it's a, it's mm. a wonderful part of our game. And I think someone gets um, oh, the fullback who, who sacrificed his grand final spot um, for Collingwood. Presta Giacomo. Presta Giacomo. There's something around his jumper. Someone gets his jumper or someone something. Someone will tell us off the text, yeah. 0433 So the trade's done today mm-hmm. after the Jordan Dawson went, one went through this morning. There was a, a bit of a late flurry. The ruck roulette wheel yeah. stopped spinning. Uh, and when it did, this is where the balls landed uh, for the respective clubs. So Darcy Fort uh, goes from Geelong to Brisbane. Uh, Brisbane get a third-round pick as well, currently 41. Geelong got a third-round pick, currently 50, in a future third round. John Segler, now a cat. Uh, he goes there with a future fourth-round selection alongside him. Hawthorne get a future third-round selection, which is tied to Brisbane's finish. Um Hawthorne got Max Lynch and a future third-round selection tied to Fremantle and a future fourth-round selection tied to the Gold Coast. Collingwood received two future third-round picks, one of those tied to Brisbane. That was the <laughs> ruck roulette wheel. And then just after that, Sydney received Peter Laddams and a first-round pick, currently number 16. 
Um, and Port Adelaide receives a first-round pick, currently 12, and a future third. We'll get yeah. to that because that's a bit more significant. When it came to those three ruck trades, oh. they were, apparently they were all separate, but there are elements that, that oh, look, overlap. It's just too hard to match up uh, if there was winners and losers that, with all those future picks. As I <laughs> said before, they yep. confuse the hell out of me because they're so far down. Mm. Uh, so all I'm going to say is that Hawks needed a ruck, and Lynch is perfect for them. Lions needed a backup ruck in case McInerney gets injured, and Fort is perfect for them. And Cats needed a ruck, and Segler's perfect for them. So I'm going to say that they're all winners because they went and got players that they actually really needed. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's too many uh, future picks and, and rubbish around it uh, to be out of work out who might have finished in front and who didn't. In amongst all that, we got the news that the Jordan Clark deal had gone through. So this one has lasted the uh, the, the width and length and duration of the mm. trade period. It's been on the table uh, since even before. And, mm. and and Jordan Clark obviously wanted to be traded last year. Finally, that deal got done. Fremantle received Jordan Clark and a future fourth-round selection. A long time was held up uh, for the space of three picks. Geelong received a second-round pick, which was 22, not the 19 they were holding out for, and a future third-round selection, which is tied to Carlton. So Sam Edmund reported earlier today that uh, so adamant was Jordan Clark that he didn't want to go back to Geelong and that he's already yep. over in WA. He rang Stephen Wells himself. Sam Edmund reported that that did get uh, spirited, get a bit heated, um, and that Jordan Clark, according to Sam, hung up the phone uh, on Stephen Wells. Yeah. Um, so there's a bit that's gone into this, but at the end of the day, Geelong have realised, Matty, that this guy, this young guy has wanted to go twice. He's got a four-year yep. offer that's going to be a life-changer. It's Absolutely. a career-builder for him, $1.4 million reportedly worth the duration of the four years. They weren't offering him anything extra, and he had a year to go on a contract. I'm, um, I'm glad this went through. Um, look, this is a, a win-win for both. Uh, they, they wanted between 15 and 27, and they got 22, sort of right in the middle, forget about the future first and fourth, and um, and they got Clark. So a win-win by everyone. They needed Clark to replace Chera. He's not a good player as Chera at the moment, but you never know with opportunity. So uh, a win-win for both uh, clubs here. Uh, the 22 is still a very valuable pick. The Laddams one, which we didn't speak about, I think that's a fair deal as well, mm. too, that that got done. Uh, swapping 16 and 12 and getting a future third uh, Port Adelaide, I think, makes a lot of sense. So they got their player in Laddams. Um, still got my really – still got doubts about him being a number one ruck. For, uh, for me, forward more so part-time ruck, yes. Uh, if they're thinking number one ruck, I'm not so sure about that for a, a long period of time. But anyway, they targeted him, so you've got to say they're win-win there as well. The deal looks pretty fair. Off the text, when it comes to Geelong, Glenn in Heighton saying, happy with Geelong during the trade period. The Cats now have four draft picks in basically the second round, an opportunity for Stephen Wells to weave yeah. his magic. Um, and big fella when it comes to the Lions. We, the Lions, could not do much in recruiting this year, but welcome Darcy uh, fought the Lions. Fingers crossed he can help Big O in the ruck, and we have a, uh, a fit list at the business end of the season, to push our case again. That's from Big Fella. Um, so those were all the deals done. Before we get your views on those, Matty, this was Peter Bell uh, on Trade Radio after the deal got done with Jordan Clark. Disappointed to lose Adam, and the reasons for that are well documented. But um, 
uh, we were thankful that we were able to get that uh, negotiation with Carlton done reasonably quickly. And uh, then our attention uh, turned to other matters, including Jordan, which obviously went pretty much down to the wire. Um, but we're, we're really pleased to be able to bring him in. He's got some attributes that we think will really suit our list and the way that we play and, and uh, our home, brand, home games, particularly at Optus as well. Uh, whether that be on the wing or across half-back, we can't uh, wait to, to get him in and get to work with him. And uh, you're also able to keep the, the pick 19, which was uh, part of the conversations from a Geelong perspective. Um, you gave up uh, a little bit less than that. But uh, how do you see that being played? Because Soss has been talking about the, the beauty of that pick, that being the first pick on, on night two of the national draft. Yeah, I mean, bit to play out now before before the draft, obviously. But it is a valuable pick because uh, with with the day in between the first round and the second round, um, uh, all the clubs will be able to reassess and, and look at the players that perhaps have flipped a little bit um, down down the order. And then uh, we're, we're assuming some will come and present some offers to us. That's not to say that we wouldn't be comfortable using it ourselves. If, if the player there that we really love. We'd have no hesitation in using using pick nineteen, but you have a bit of flexibility there, and uh, I'm pretty confident there'll be a number of proposals thrown up by other clubs. Oh, it was a big decision in the end. Really, we only explored the option of doing a trade uh, because of we had great respect for Jordan. He's um, he came to us and said that he understood that he he's contracted and would be happy to come back and play next year. But if there was an opportunity to do a deal that benefited everybody, he would. Uh, like to go back to Fremantle, and uh, um, it's fair to say Andrew Mackey, who uh, managed the the whole negotiation here at the club, uh, along with David Walls from Fremantle, uh, were in dialogue all f- through the week. It was uh, very respectful, and and we think we've done a deal now that's that reflects the value we place on Jordan, and we wish him all the best for the future. These situations can become heated, and there was a Sammy Edmund report today that uh, there might have been a, a quite a quite a tense conversation between yourself and Jordan. Can you take us through what happened there, please? Uh, yeah, that's just simply well, it didn't happen. Um, Jordan and I had a conversation, but there was nothing tense about it. It was not heated, so um, yeah, that that's not quite the truth. Goes with the club's blessings, yeah. Well, he does. As we, uh, as I said before, he, he would have been very happy to come back. We would have loved to have Jordan back here. But when a player asked to go, and particularly this is the second year in a row that he's been asked to go, we were very respectful of that. And um, we wouldn't have just let him go for any old deal. It was a, a good deal that we think uh, reflects the value we've placed on Jordan. And to have pick 22 uh, and a future third pick um, yeah, is a good hand for us, in not only this year, but next year as well. So that was Peter Bell first, Stephen Wells second from Fremantle and Geelong, respectively. Um, Matty, as we go to the break and come back, Troy and WA has got a question for you. We've gone through every trade that's happened. Now all that's left to do is to get you to give your assessment of each club. We'll rattle through those quickly before you go. But just in clarification of what Collingwood do with their numbers, uh, we've just been told by a couple, and thank you, very, very smart, the people that listen most. Yep. Uh, so the number 35 goes to the first drafted at the Pies due yes. to Presti's sacrifice. However, obviously, um, it was uh, Peter Dacos's number as well. Um, however, I really think once Nick Dacos receives it this year, I reckon he will keep it permanently. That's a that's okay. that's, that's uh, some clarification and an opinion in one text. So we've got yeah, a bit of both. Yeah, well, we'll wait and see what happens. I'll, he'll do it justice. I know that. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, when we come back, Troy and WA, your question is to do with Hawthorne. Never has a team been more prominent during a trade period that they've featured in so little.
<laughs> we will get to the bottom of that. That's, that's gold. On the other side of this, SEN Trade Deadline for Tyre Power, the most wanted deal on the trade table. Great race. Sale now on. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.